Welcome to Cali Made Us Do It, a podcast on culture, social issues, and trends rocking our worlds through our three different lenses. With your hosts, Kristen Tony, Jody Moore Lewis, and Alexandra Tennant. Well, welcome back, guys. Hi, Alex. Hi, Chris. I've missed you. Hi, Jody. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> Life is a thing. I mean, the world's opening, which is weird, but we're busy. It's crazy. Yeah, last week was possibly the busiest week I've had in a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's like jolting, too. It's like, ugh, what? No. It feels almost out of nowhere. I mean, obviously, we've worked our way to this point. You know, we're all vaccinated. And that kind of was the beginning of the end, I think, or what we maybe wanted to be the beginning of the end of this whole pandemic. But I think we're just learning that there's around every corner new challenges and new, uh, yeah, like new new ways of doing things because things are so different now. It's also like, I feel like there's been no baby steps to getting there. <laughs> you wake up one day and the world is one way and then you wake up the next and the world is a totally different place. Yeah, it's like, oh, I forgot about this feeling, this burnout feeling, this constant feeling. Let me ask you guys, what, since the vaccines came out and we all got ours between March and April, Jody, you got yours, I think a little earlier, maybe in February. That was, yeah, my last shot was February. In February. So what has changed the most for you since you've been vaccinated and since the world has opened up a little bit? Well, I traveled outside of the country for a bachelorette. We saw, mm. saw the pic. <laughs> Tell us where you went. Vallarta. 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 Disclaimer, none of us are um, Latino or Hispanic. <laughs> so bear with us. We're not native Spanish speakers. But, you know, two L's equals Y, one R is not a roll, so. We're learning. Yeah. La Manzana. But, um. Manzana. (laughs) That's that's not really a change. Like, that was just something I guess I chose, like, the opportunity presented itself. But that wasn't really, like, a shift in a change. I guess, well, that was what was different was the fact that I could do this, that I could go out of the country with a couple other girlfriends. We were doing a bachelorette. Um, But they, right when we landed, that's also when the CDC said people who are vaccinated don't have to wear their mask. I don't know if that's implemented yet. And the, the great thing was it wasn't too crowded. So it felt very spacious. I didn't feel like overwhelmed with like people but they didn't require you to like wear a mask around the resort or anything. And that was like a little weird, but you're outside. So I felt more comfortable. Like back in America, I'm, I'm still like, I cannot wear this. I have to keep my mask on inside, indoors. I don't think I cannot not wear that. I'm confused. So um, Mexico listens to CDC too? I don't know if it was a CDC thing, but it just happened to be when I landed, that's what the CDC announced. So I don't know um, if it, I'm sure they don't. (laughs) No. No offense to Mexico, but I just feel like they're like, yeah, tourists, you're coming. Yeah, I think CDC is American. Right. It just, 
coincided with me getting service and that alert coming through. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. But then the resort's like, welcome. You don't have to wear a mask. But all everyone that worked there had to wear one. Mm. So mm. that was. So how well, do you. Sorry. Go ahead. Please. I was going to say, well, um, I just read an article on Travel Noor. And they were talking about how recently the spikes, there's been spikes that have been happening. Uh, specifically, they were talking about uh, Cancun. And they were talking about how people had to uh, stay longer, like extend their stay for two weeks because they would test positive. Mm, yeah, so we had to taste, t- take a test and you have to present your negative test to the airline before you can even check in mm-hmm. or get your ticket. Uh, so luckily we were negative. But yeah, you have to quarantine for two weeks and that's the risk I guess you're taking if you want to go or you have to stay for an extra two weeks. But yeah, it still feels like a whole nother. It, it definitely was also a little reminder of like, oh, I am privileged to be able to do this. I am privileged to have the vaccine so early. I am privileged to have health. And like th- that wasn't lost on me, even though it it was nice to still go and celebrate a friend who's getting married and have a little bit of that normalcy but there was that idea of like privilege and also like is it a privilege that we don't have to wear their ma- our mask but the workers do and are we putting them in danger it was just like a weird dichotomy of how do you feel how are you supposed to feel maybe i'm an asshole i don't know <laughs> maybe it's all of the above i feel like since i got the vaccine that my um anxiety about being outdoors has gone down drastically Mm, that's huge Mm -hmm. yeah i i would agree i think um there were a couple weeks obviously because i had a rough time after mine um so there were a couple weeks that i was just way more hesitant i i double masked even outside around people that i knew were vaccinated it was still really scary for me i think that's I think from what I understand, that's what a lot of people are going through right now is like, you know, you, for a year we were like mask everywhere and stay away from people. And now we're able to get closer and you kind of have to do another brain switch. Right. Cause our brains like had to change so fast with what was going on. And now they're changing back in kind of what feels like a little fast, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, things feel a little bit more back to normal in that sense and in outside of the house. Um, inside, I don't know. It still feels like you're kind of waiting for something. And I'm not really sure what that is, <laughs> but it, it almost feels like there's still this like waiting, like waiting to see if it's going to come back, waiting to see like how our lives will be different, waiting to see, you know, if we'll fully recover financially from the last year. Like it still feels like you're, we're almost kind of like sitting around waiting and I can't really put my finger on, you know, what exactly I think is, (laughs) is coming next. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like, um, I don't know, maybe it's bracing. Are we bracing? You know, am I like emotionally bracing myself for like the next thing to happen? I I hope that we're on an upward spiral and, um, things keep going as, as they've been going, but there's still that nervousness. That's like, 
okay, what if there's a spike? What if there's a new strain? Like, what if, you know, we're, we're going back? It's probably the trauma of <laughs> everything that happened last year. I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> is this too good to be true? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, this is we, you know, I feel like it's getting back to normal, but I don't want to, you know, let my guard down too, too much. And then Whoa. like you were saying, Jody, like how, you know, what is letting your guard down? Cause I, you know, I want to travel. I, I went out of the country during the pandemic, which was freaking risky and I look back and I'm like that probably wasn't the best idea ever uh the best judgment call but um yeah it's it almost you're kind of like feeling everything out right like when are we go but that's also like you need like we all need it like I traveled within the country like what's mm-hmm. the difference during in October so it's kind of like when are we gonna be able to go back to like making decisions and not feeling bad about it I don't mm. know and not second guessing. I was just gonna say, I mean, it's probably comes from, you know, like the back and forth of us being on lockdown, us not being on lockdown, us being able to travel, us not being able to travel. It's safe to be on airplanes. It's not safe to be on airplanes. Oh, it is safe to be on airplanes. Like the back and forth has happened during the entire lockdown. So of course, like we're coming out, it's summer. It's hot, you know, the virus goes away. And so oh, I'm so glad we don't listen to that fool anymore. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we don't know if it's going to spike again. We don't know the strain in Brazil. Yeah. Watch it's, out. It's that. that one's bad. That one, that's not, it's not good. Yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're killing kids. Living with that uncertainty, I guess, every day. Yeah, because it is. It's like you want to plan and you're like, well, can I start planning for the, you know, can I do this? Can I go there? Can I buy this thing? Is it going to shut down again? So I'm not going to have a job to pay for this thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, like it's so much of that uncertainty that I guess it's like we have to do an element of it, right? Like you have to keep things moving. Yeah, I even um, reached out randomly. I saw this. Um, woman I met, uh, Frankie and I met this couple in Bali who are Italians and they lived in Shanghai at the time. And I saw they moved to Vienna and I was like, oh my gosh, we were supposed to go to Vienna in 2020, but you know what happens. But if we go back, I'd love to reconnect. Um, and she mentioned how that, that it actually wasn't intentional because they were home for the holidays in 2019. But you know, in Europe, it's got really bad. So they were out of their home from Shanghai. They were stuck in Italy since 2019. And they never were able to go back. And basically at this point, they were like, we had to kind of start over somewhere else. And uh, in my mind, when I responded, there was like this romanticized idea of like her going with the flow of what the universe brought. But I didn't even think about the tragedy of like, you had to leave your home, your friends in Shanghai, like even though you're stuck with your family and you're in Italy, which got hit really bad. Like there's no closure. There's no, there's no real goodbye there. And like she had mentioned, um, you know, they kind of were forced to move forward because China's borders are still closed and there's no way to enter. And they're having to like get all of their stuff shipped from China to Vienna and also she was like, hopefully we'll get vaccinated by 2030 because Europe is moving slow as fuck. And it's, it was just interesting because I haven't really spoken to anyone that lives outside of the country. And 
just having to deal with we're able to move now and there's still like a sort of isolation there or in at least in her story which i found eye-opening the degree to which people's lives have been changed by this i think is I hope it doesn't, you know, go away that quickly because yeah, there's people with stories like that, that like, will never, you know, depending on what age they are and that happens, will never see their families again. Like that's, that's really big. Like that's huge. You know, the people that have lost people during this pandemic, like, yeah, we're all in a rush to like get the good feeling stuff back, but like, this has been so, so life-changing for so, for the whole world, like collectively, you know, it's something that refugees experience all the time. Um, but I think it's something that us as Americans, we're not familiar with, right? Most of our family members ha- aren't refugees, haven't had to leave everything and pick up with the clothes on their backs. Um, things like, like the light and the fun with like the darkness of what people are really going through, having to pick up the pieces of the last year. So it's, I will say there was this moment when we were at this like fiesta barbecue thing at the resort and they had this awesome eighties band named black sheep and they sang so well. And then, um, throughout they would have, you know, fun, like people with special skills, like fire tossers and things like that. And I got so emotional. It's probably all the margaritas, but I got so emotional watching these fire throwers. Like they get to finally perform for people and do like these special skills and like what they're good at and their craft and get applause. Like they hear the applause and in front of people. And I mean, maybe that was also the artist in me, but like I was just so, I was literally about to cry. Like, oh my God, this is so great. Anyway, I'm glad that I'm going through the growing pains of uh, getting back into life post, I guess, I can't even say post-pandemic because it's not over. It's There's not. people still losing hey. people that they love. Um, yeah. CDC even if you're vaccinated. <laughs> but even if you're vaccinated, I mean, <laughs> granted, it, it definitely is going to help you from being hospitalized and having it as bad as it could be but people are still getting covid while being yeah. vaccinated mm-hmm. the numbers have gone down drastically mm-hmm. drastically i think the yeah. last time i checked it was like 112 new cases for california so that's yeah. great yeah. or la sorry la yeah. and as and you, as our listeners know, we all live in LA. So I think it is a little bit of a different feeling here as it is in other parts of the country because we have so many people, <laughs> so many people, no matter where we go, um, where I do feel like maybe smaller towns that, you know, go into the grocery store and don't pass as many people. It's probably not as scary to them to not wear a mask anymore, yeah. but I still feel a little weird going to a bank with no mask. So this is a good, this is a great question. Will you guys still wear your masks? hundred percent, hundred percent. Never, like I haven't been sick, like cold wise in a year and a half. I'm always wearing a mask. I'm still gonna wear my mask. Maybe unless I'm like walking down the street and I don't see like a bunch of people, but I did yeah, read this outdoors, article. Yeah. I did read this article in the Guardian about people who want to wear their masks for like other reasons than just 
being COVID safe, like it's kind of like a security, especially as women, like not getting harassed as much because like your face is covered or even just not wanting to be told to smile or wear makeup or maybe you have acne or like you have dry skin, you cover it up. It's like helps insecurities, also helps with like predators. Um, But also like not having to like talk to people or not having... You have a, did you have a story or are you, you just no, feeling it, Alex? I'm feeling it, girl. <laughs> I am feeling it. That's a whole nother episode. We got to talk about why it's harmful for us to just exist and why men decide that when our faces are covered, <laughs> they don't want to verbally yeah. abuse us. Yeah. I mean, so, but yes, I feel a it. whole nother episode. <laughs> I'm sure uh, if there's something else showing or, you know, y'all know how we feel about the Billie Eilish thing. People go and talk, but it's just like almost like a superhero cape. Mm. Also, I liked this. This one girl was like, uh, I guess she worked at like a coffee shop and people did. I think she might live in like a more conservative area. And um, I'll link this article below if people want to hear all the different anecdotes. But uh, she was basically a lot of people didn't want to wear their mask and like cussed her out. And she was like, I like wearing my mask because it lets me know who I don't want to talk to. Like, oh, you're not wearing your mask. You're an asshole. I'm not going to talk to you. I'll stay over here with my mask friends. <laughs> not saying my- everyone doesn't wear a mask is an asshole, but in her mind, that was what she related it with. My sister, I think it was my sister. She works in a retail store and she said that during the pandemic, somebody did say like, no one's smiling. And she was like, everyone had, every, we all have masks on. So how could you possibly? Okay. What are you talking about? Yeah, (laughs) ma'am, do you want the scarf or not? (laughs) So I think it's funny that people think it's safe. I think men are still going to be like, smile. I don't think it's safe, but I think that it's interesting that like, it maybe has lessened men doing that I mean I will I was outside of the store the other day on Melrose and I had my mask on minding my own business and it happened to me but I think it's interesting like is that is that a thing like are men less likely to do it if you have a mask on and they can't see what's working going on like this is the psychology behind it is just like, mm-hmm. cause I don't understand why they do it in the first place. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more so, I guess maybe the article wasn't necessarily saying like it prevents cat calls, mm-hmm. but like no one can see your identity. Mm-hmm. So they can't like, it feels like, let's say you get cat called. No one can really clock you or find you on Instagram. Cause they yeah. really don't know what you look like. Yeah. Um, it'd be harder to find you. So I guess that was more so the thing. Cause yeah, like if you're, let's be real, if we're wearing our like millennial skinny jeans, <laughs> obviously not Gen Z skinny jeans, but like, you know, your butt's looking good. Yeah. Cause Alex, you know, you, I'd holler at you with a mask on. I'm just kidding. Consent, people, consent. But just don't be a fucking dick and disgusting. Yeah. But yeah, that That's literally so happened to me today, too. That's so hard for some people, too. though. That's so hard. We actually, Frankie and I talked about that last night. Not, like, catcalling, but how, like, guys used to, like, if a girl was attractive, he'd be like, I'd hit that. And even just that, I mean, you know, you've heard people say that, right? I'd hit that. Yeah. I'd do that. Yeah, but that's like a sentence without consent. That means that person already wants to do it with you. And you're saying I'd do it back. But like no one's even talking to you. So like, what does that even mean? Why are you even talking? (laughs) 
be totally honest. I have definitely said that phrase <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> many I have. Times. I have sung, I told my girls, you can get it. <laughs> I think that's a little bit better though. Like you can like, get he it. Can, well, that's, like, that's showing consent, right? Yeah. You can get it. You can get if you wanted the sex it. from me. If you yep. want it. I would hit that. Me, It seems more like regardless of what they talking about. It does seem like you're in control. But okay, so I'm going to do, I'm going to say a woman saying that. And this kind of goes with like saying bitch. Like a guy cannot say the word bitch like mm. women can. You know, I feel like the I, I'd hit that is different for women than a guy saying that. And like, sorry, not sorry until shit rape culture isn't huge until like guys can keep it in their pants and be respectful then maybe we can all say i'd hit it and it'd be funny because but right now women can say it and i'm okay with it <laughs> mm -hmm. sure men can be taken advantage of and they are every day i understand that they are raped and molested and all of those things also but like come on come on the chances of me sleeping with a guy and he's like i do not consent to this how does that work because don't they get aroused and then like can you i don't know i have to read a book i haven't read a book on that i have questions i know that it happens like yeah. it can't happen like and i think the less likelihood of a man coming out and saying i was raped is like slim to none like they just move on with their lives so mm. because of toxic masculinity it's you know uh no doubt in my mind that it happens but i just or like how power dynamic right a boss and like so yeah. like if you have something over their head which a lot of women go through too but i think that might be like a lot of men as well probably my i i'm not questioning like yeah. that it happens that way i just don't know how because yeah. it's like mm -hmm. like the physiology of it. does it ha like does it still get hard if you don't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> And right. if it doesn't get hard, like, I'm sorry, any parents. I'm like listen. giving you like legit examples. You're like, no, I just want to know like men actually have <laughs> right. to like. Yeah. No, because I, I, I am, I, I think that it happens a lot. I just don't think they come out and say anything. I just don't, I really want to know how. And that's why I was like, I need to, maybe I'll read a book on it. <laughs> yeah. I think we all, yeah, same. Yeah. Educate myself on this uh -huh. topic because I don't know. What I do know is that women are much less of a threat to men than men well, yeah. are a threat to women's lives. So that's 100%. when the, like their physical power dynamic comes yeah. into play. Like yeah. they can hold us down literally with one hand and do whatever they want. That's the, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, and they're not just the, threat physically but men can be a threat to our livelihoods they're making decisions about our bodies in our courts they are mm. not paying us the same so that we are unable to provide for ourselves like they're literally a threat to our person <laughs> and our lives so mm. um but we love the good ones <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Me someone posted like something like was it one of you but someone was like, let's normalize men who want to talk about emotions and listen. Like, I can't tell you how fucking sexy that is or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, yes, that is hot. Cry for me, us. baby. <laughs> it wasn't one of us, but yeah, also, like, I do like that. Like, mm -hmm. talk yeah. about, I mean, it's healthy. Yeah. And then I feel like I read something recently, too, that said, let's normalize not saying normalize because all this shit should just be 
normalized. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, like, perfect world normal? one day. Normal is just like what people like that. Like if I have a thought or it's normal for me, like if I do something, mm-hmm. it's normal for me. You just don't know about it because I don't speak about it because you don't think it's normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know who else is doing it or saying it or thinking about it. That's a huge lesson I think I've learned in the past years. Common sense is only common to you and not to everybody, <laughs> right? True. Because like what's common knowledge to you, it's something that's like just natural for you to know or whatever is not necessarily the same for everybody. <laughs> it's been a hard thing for me to wrestle with because I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> but... Yeah, you're right. Normal is different for everybody. Yeah, these aren't hot takes. We're giving you hot facts, man. Hot facts. (laughs) So we're wearing our mask. Take that, CDC. Yeah, um, Um, CDC, cool. Sounds great. Not going to happen for me yet. (laughs) Did you see? I'm not ready. Did you see the rebuttal where they were like, well, hold on. Like, everybody shouldn't start just ripping them off. Well, you should have led with that. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in the delivery, CDC. What's happening here? You should have led with that. You don't just get to come back after you said something like that. It's so weird. They're weird. And these are the people we listen to. I think 2020 was the year that I found out that nobody knows. It's the year of realizing no one knows anything. Uh Yeah, so stop putting people above you because we all don't know what we're doing question people that you think know what they're doing they're not above you we're all on the same playing field we're all learning in our own timing and watch where you put your trust yep and your money we we've been to doctors and been like "Mm, we got the same questions as the doctors like (laughs) we like yes they know way more than us but like (laughs) At the same time, they learn it too. It's a science. Mm-hmm. Science is just a bunch of things that have been tested over and over again. Like, and they found it to be true. But how many times have we been like, ah, well, even though we tried this over and over again, thousands of times, this one time that didn't work. So <laughs> it's not true anymore. Well, it was good to check in with you guys. Um going to be a quick episode today. We are gearing up for the end of our season one. Um, and then we want to get started working on season two, because we have a lot of really cool things that we want to talk about and a lot of cool people we want to bring in before we head out today. Does anyone have any hot gifts or should I say hot (laughs) gifts? We didn't even have to beg you that time. You were ready. I I know my job. I know what I was supposed to bring, what I was supposed to have brought in. Mm. Gave what it was supposed to have given. I love it. I have a hot give. Um, I listened to a podcast called called Arab American Psycho. Uh, Her name is Noor, and she has really fun... Uh, candid conversations with a bunch of different people. But I found it because of everything that's been happening in Palestine and I've been trying to educate myself on it. And she has a um, podcast episode called uh, Free Palestine. And it's with uh, Maria Al-Sadiq, 
who owns um she's like a model and like a close friend i think has like been like a part of her episodes before but they're they both have family in palestine they're both um american and they just kind of talk about everything candidly and very openly and it's like you're like hearing a friend speaking to you about like everything that they've gone through and everything that their family has gone through um and i just want to put it in the show notes because i think it's an important listen and kind of getting facts and hearing a lot of passion and just two women really discussing everything that's going on and what's been going on and um how we can help and how social media actually has been a huge impact for the movement to free Palestine and how important it is to continue to post about it and keep it in the forefront. So I will not give anything else away because I want you to listen, but I want to put that in the show notes. And that was kind of the big thing that I took away from this past week. I guess mine is similar. I think I have a couple of, uh, links that I'm going to share, we're going to share uh, to donate for the children in um, Palestine. And um, also, um, I have a friend whose family lives in India, and she is collecting donations for India. So um, we'll put that in her uh, Venmo in show notes as well. So yeah, learn about I mean, I'm still trying to learn. It's a lot. It is like it it sucks because we're kind of like you know uh we like have blindly taken one side without having well the american people having all the knowledge that we can um but um i'm still learning too so it's a it's a deep complicated issue Um, bring us home alex (laughs) yeah i will end on a light silly note um i I uh, was in Dallas about a week ago and I impulsively ordered something online, which is very normal for me. <laughs> On um, brand. And, yeah. And I was, I was just really craving like a, a good book, a good story. Um, so I have been reading a book called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And um, it's the first book in a really long time that I just cannot put down and I will try to find any excuse <laughs> to read it or open it. Um, it is about an old Hollywood star who contacts an up and coming uh, writer journalist um, to tell her life story. And it's super fascinating, especially if you live in LA or if you've ever been to LA or spent any time in LA. Um, she gives like really great anecdotes just about, you know, different places and, and people living off of different streets and different restaurants that they go to. Like it really gives you the essence of the city and just like the old Hollywood glam, but it's also um, a love story or there's several love stories. Um, there's a LGBTQ plus um, through line to it. Um, it's just, it's so good. It's so juicy. I have no doubt that they are optioning it as we speak to make a film from it, which I'm like, ah, I wish I, (laughs) I wish I could do that now because it's, it reads brilliantly and, um, it's beautiful. So seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. You can get it from, um, I'm sure any, any bookstore and it's just fun. It's definitely like a summertime 
sit by the pool, get lost in a story, um, read definitely um, themes of women empowerment, of inclusion, of diversity. Um, it's just, yeah, it's super enjoyable. I'm almost done with it, so I won't give anything away. Yeah, that's my. So I guess Kristen and I are going to fight over who gets to borrow it next. <laughs> yes, for sure. I I'm that reader that I write notes and and I underline. So I have. So you guys might want to get a clean one if that annoys you because I like mark up all of my books. Um, I love that. I want something just like easy and fun and entertaining and nostalgic. Um, great I'm, I'm really enjoying it so and you can read it by the pool with or without your mask your choice your hey. body your choice <laughs> <laughs> so like alex said we'll be back oh so, <laughs> sorry so like alex said we'll be back next week with a brand new episode but on june 2nd we'll be having our summer send-off so we can go on summer break and enjoy our hot back summer so please write us uh at callie made us do it at gmail.com or DM us, or if you're our friends, you know our numbers and let us know your questions, what you loved, what your favorite parts were. If you, whatever you wanted to say, now's your time. We want you to be involved in the conversation. So reach out to us and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Callie Made Us Do It. If you liked our episode, please like and subscribe. It will help us in the charts. You can follow us on Instagram at Callie Made Us Do It. We'd also like to thank RoboPop for our theme music. Callie Made Us Do It is edited and produced in-house by the three of us, Alex, Kristen, and Jody. See you next week with our next episode.